0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by
1: insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly! You need parts?
1: O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.
0: Past the headlines, sorting through the media bias, exposing the propaganda, and challenging you to use your brain. It's time to tap into the truth.
1: Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is indeed time to tap into the truth. Welcome to today's broadcast. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. I'm going to go right in with our guest today. Joining us today is Mr. John Dumay, Jr. He is running for President of the United States. Uh, uh, Mr. Dumais, uh, how are you today?
2: Well, I'm just fine. I'm glad to be here.
1: Well, very glad to have you with us today. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I'm sure it's uh, no small task trying to run for the highest office in the land. Uh, If you don't care, go ahead and uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself in general. Yeah, it definitely is a a
2: job, uh, especially being a neophyte, actually. Well, this is actually my second run, but first run all revolved around – Finding out what happened with Barack Obama and how can we allow them, uh, the usurper to actually take the office of them, the highest office of the land and try to figure that out. But the second time around is more or less to figure out that I'm sick and tired of the politicians that are out there right now. They're running everything. It's come time to where a certain legislator finally gets in there and, and, and takes over the helm. So it all started, like I said, back in about. 2005 when I I kind of figured out Barack Obama, I heard Hillary Clinton on on the the, uh, radio say that Barack Obama wasn't eligible to be president. And I said, well, that's kind of strange. Why did she use the word eligible as opposed to the word qualified? And so I dug into it a little bit. And the further I dug into it, I started to realize there were some inconsistencies with Barack Obama and how he got in there and all that kind of good stuff. And and then, um, I noticed the birth certificate situation and, and a lot of people don't realize that I was the first presidential candidate to to out this guy. I was the first guy to to uh actually file a lawsuit in the federal court to, to make him produce the you know the proof that he was actual actually eligible to be president of the United States well now that got me really interested in in what was happening and I saw all the corruption and and all that I just got sick and tired of the the oligarchy thats thats because both parties were, were this man both Republicans and Democrats, as well as the judiciary. And I found that out quite quickly, and when I actually filed this lawsuit, they shot me down because I was not, I didn't have standing. Well, you know, I went to the courts and figured, okay, what's standing? So we, we got an indicta a decision from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals saying that anybody who's running for President of the United States would have standing to go ahead with Barack Obama and, and figure out what's going on. Well, I, of course, I filed the suit, and uh, they they shot me down again. And it wasn't so much that I was not standing; it was always on a, on a constitutional technicality. It's like we didn't—he didn't have to show his birth certificate. He didn't have to do this. He did not. get it's not—we don't have the right to understand who he is. So, I—I I, you know, at that first election, it just—I managed to end up getting seven electoral votes. And, uh, you know, I got a pretty good following going on. And, and uh, the whole idea was to get back some sort of control that people actually have in this country and start being America again instead of becoming this one world order that they're all ushering us into. And uh, so uh, I got a, a pretty good organization going. I um, uh ready to, you know, rock and roll. And, and that's mainly do one one specific thing, and that is to restore the Constitution to its original form and intent, and to adhere and abide by it, instead of always trying to uh, you know, parse what the Constitution means or, or figure out. You know, the elected, elected officials decide what what the Constitution means. So it's not okay. up to us to decide. Maybe the Constitution has been written in stone. And of course, if we want to change it, you know, you go through the amendment process. But that's basically what got me going uh, towards this new um, campaign, and uh, I'm a strict constructionist, meaning that if it's not in the Constitution, you don't say it's in the Constitution. And uh, I and I don't really I've always been a Republican my entire life, and I'm a conservative Republican. But as I said, I understood quite quite rapidly when uh, going through the court processes that that both parties were in cahoots with each other. And uh, really, there is no single, I mean, dual-party system out there. You know, the royal opposition, they've all become one. They're a tag team wrestling team, and what they do is they take turns screwing us over. So I said, that's it. And I, I took a stand as a, as a citizen, and I stepped up there. I'm qualified, and I meet all the eligibility requirements. I've been in this country; my family, has been, before it became a country, uh, both sides of it. And so I understood what a natural-born citizen was. And I've been here 14, 10 years here, and I'm over 35. So, I've lived a life of hard knocks, the whole nine yards. So I'm just as qualified. Qualified. So still so there?
1: Yeah, I'm still here. Actually, I was... Uh having a hard time catching everything there. I'm afraid you were breaking up a little bit, but, uh, I think... That, uh, I should have said
2: something there, right? Yeah, because we're in a rainstorm here. We actually were really lucky here. We had this tremendous fire up here. I don't know if you're aware of it, but there was called the King Fire and, uh, some homeless guy decided to set the forest on fire and, uh, yeah. burn it down. We just had this huge rainstorm come through. It was like, God, heard our cries and uh, <laughs> gave us some rain, so that's why I'm breaking up. Uh, all
1: right, well uh, that's when we It uh, it's always good when prayers are answered that quickly. Uh, okay, uh, let well,
2: me... it's not easy to answer quickly. I mean, it, I mean, I can give a million reasons what you know decided me to get you know going in for president of the United States, but basically it was over the uh, Obama eligibility issue, and of course, okay. and again, it more it morphed more into okay, it's time for a citizen legislator to take over. Um, let's get let's get the corruption gone uh let's you know get these lifers out of there, and uh you know let's decide what is gonna happen to this country on our own
1: right you know i i think that's absolutely admirable to start off but uh as you've already said, you know you're facing an uphill battle right. what did you learn what did you learn from that first race that you think is going to work to your advantage uh this go round as far as being able to uh get a larger Constituency behind you, right?
2: That's a great question. Yeah, actually, you know, we took the page, uh, page book right out of the Barack Obama, you know, um, plan to seize control of the United States, and so we're using the social networking sites um, to get actually pulling, and uh, we're using it to our advantage. I mean, it, it works very well you know, at six degrees of separation type stuff. You know, where everybody's connected to everybody. By six degrees, of connection, and right. I, I'm able to go ahead and build up my, my my base based upon well the 28 principles that you know that make for you know a, a republic, especially one like ours, uh, the guiding principles, and then apply those. and And of course, the people out there, I mean, they understand. I mean, I I speak to exactly what they have to say. It's just what every you know, common American wants in this country, but uh, it, you know, isn't getting because nobody in Washington D.C. is going to give it to us. Because, like I said, those folks are in it for life, they're in it for power, they're in it for wealth, and they're in it for absolutely the wrong reasons. And, uh, you know, we're not going to tolerate it anymore. So, like I said, I'm out there, you know, in the social networking sites, and I've, I've managed to grow exponentially. And uh, on a daily basis, I get well over. Well, between two and three thousand uh, messages a day, and uh, between oh, I don't know, one hundred, two hundred people a day signing up, you know, to help out on the campaign. So obviously, I'm reaching the right people, and and I, I'm speaking to them, and they understand what I want, and because it's what they want.
1: Uh, I, there's no question that uh, social media has uh, changed the playing field as far as getting the message out. Uh, it, are you still running to uh, seek the Republican nomination, or yeah. are you considering? Uh, has the idea cons- come across at all to run as an independent? Are you willing to no. fight the fire no, to try and to no. run? To
2: here's, here's the point: but There's no way that an independent's going to get elected. I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, the, the whole the whole thing behind it is that people are entrenched in the two party system for some reason, or whatever. I don't know why they can't get away from like. Like I said, I am, you know, a Republican. I, I was born, raised. i mean, practically, you know, my whole family's Republican, and I've I've been growing up in a, in a conservative family. But right. realizing how the parties have morphed, and they don't really represent. I mean, I don't know any Reagan Republicans out there, and I'm I, I'm pretty much a Reagan Republican if you want to really label me understand that every third party attempt usually what happens is and, and, and the argument goes if you run as an independent you're going to split the ticket and then we're going to end okay. up getting you know some other goofball you know like Obama or Hillary Clinton or something like that elected president well I say to him listen I mean I, I go back to history I'm a history major in in, in college and I, I've studied uh, constitutional law for a vigorously while I was in college. And I understand, you know, historically-wise, out of every election that's been held in the United States, President of the United States, out of 100% of the people that are eligible to vote, I'm talking about, you know, the people that are actually registered, able to vote, and all that kind of stuff, no more than 50% of those people come out to vote. No more. Right. And And that whole point is, is that, out of that 50%, that's who's electing the president. So you have to split that up between the people that are running for president to get it. So really, no president since the very first election got more than, say, 26%, 27% of the vote. So that means 75% of the people don't want that guy or want somebody else. So it's a very small majority of the people that are actually electing the president of the United States. And so in order to keep some sort of continuity, because people really do want it to, you know, Cut themselves up into that uh, liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat mold, uh, you know. And I say I don't deviate from that at all. I mean, I am a Republican, but I'm a constitutionalist first and foremost, a conservative constitutionalist, and a strict constructionist. Meaning, you know, like I told you before, that if it's not in the Constitution, you don't make it be in the Constitution just because you think it should be there. And so that's that's basically the whole idea behind that. You know, so you, you don't worry about third party. Don't want to go third party because if you do, it 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 will mess everything up. So, I am seeking the Republican nomination. And right. and I you know I really do have, to have you know I do have a pretty good chance of getting that. A lot of people say you don't stand a snowball's chance in you know Hades to get that, that that nomination. I say, you no, know, I don't think so. Not this time around. Not the way I've been reading it. Not the way, I mean, everybody you know like see polls and all that kind of stuff and then I can see the kind of chance you got. You know, everybody does all the the uh the uh what you call, uh, research to find out, you know, who's doing what and how where everybody's standing. And really there's nobody on the political horizon right now that I right. can see and that a lot of people can see. That's even worth even casting a vote for, for uh okay, people will say things like Romney or Cruz or in any number of them, but you know it's, it's even those guys have the same problem Barack Obama has, and it's because people don't even under, they really don't understand the Constitution they don't understand what eligibility is anymore I mean it's just like it doesn't matter to them, so the whole point is is that you get back into the mindset of the people that are in power right now, they are trying to change by by uh, precedent. What they can't get changed constitutionally, you know, right. and, and and that is is to get a non na, na, natural born citizen elected president and keep them in there.
1: I you know I really do see it
2: as if you look through what's gone on, you know, in our history, you can see in the last you know forty years they've been trying to get this you know. Um, let, let's get away from this natural born citizenship stuff so we want to just get somebody that's just a citizen and then just go ahead and just forget about that what, what it means to right. be natural born and what people have to understand about natural born is the reason why that clause is in there and it's, it's in there only for one thing and one thing only and that is you know, prevent divided loyalties between the presidency and another nation and right. that's what we're seeing with Barack Obama clearly I mean, we've got a Muslim that's in the White House that is over in the Middle East tearing that place to smithereens, and he's putting us in mortal danger. And the point is, is that the reason being, he can't get away from it. I mean, we know he went to a madrasa in Indonesia. We know that. Okay? And a madrasa trains imams. People don't understand that. They think it's just some school that all Muslims go to. No. Those kids that go to a madrasa are learning to become imams, which what they do is they implement the Sharia way. You know, that's it, Sharia law. Okay. So, it, I mean, it's a big circle, but, I mean, that's basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to get out of this mess and make sure that we've got a natural-born citizen in it that has no other loyalties but the United States of America and the whole rest of the world can kiss our behind. You know, just like we let the United Nations, you know, trample all over us, you know, and 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 letting the world decide to hit the future of the United States of America. Now, I don't think that we can be isolated from what the world thinks or what, you know, or anything like that because we don't live in a vacuum. But if it's not in the interest of this country, you're not going to see this person, you know, turn his back on this country. We come first, and that's the way I look at it.
1: Well, I tend to agree with you. I mean there's no question that there's this big effort to try and establish by president, so you're absolutely right there. I can't agree with you more, and as far as the natural born citizen uh, issue is concerned, yes, you are again absolutely right, and unfortunately, we live in a time where we have to explain this to people. I've talked with other candidates uh, recently, and here in Tennessee – we have public schools that, when teaching the Constitution what little bit they actually still do in the public schools, when mentioning the criteria for president, they didn't they even even mention,
0: yeah,
1: they didn't even mention being a natural born citizen among those qualifications and requirements in order to hold the office and I was absolutely taken aback by that because you know this yep. is there for protection of the country. And it's not, Absolutely. A, it's not a racist thing. It's not a xenophobic nope. thing. We cannot be isolated, like you said. But at the same time, you cannot be a leader if you're letting somebody else lead you along. And that's one you're of the right. issues there. Now, I had asked that initial question, and I hate to keep putting you off there because uh, the idea is to try to. No, Uh, But I had asked you that initial question because I have these conversations with so many different uh, candidates right now where there's this little – literally split almost down the middle of honest-to-goodness, God-fearing conservative uh, folks that are running for office. Half of them want to take the party back, take it back to the full conservative and take it back to the hands of the people, and then the other half just firmly believe that the party is too far gone. And that right. it, it's time to start something fresh. And you know, I just I, I I get behind both ones, and I just like to get every candidate's take on where they stand on it. So yeah, uh, well, I,
2: like I said, the reason why I say you have to go the Republican route doesn't mean that it's going to stay Republican. See, that's the whole point. Right. If you get a if you get a true Republican in there with true Republican ideals, because a lot of people don't realize. The Republicans and the Democrats have switched their ideology in our history. I mean, it used to be the Democrats thought like the Republicans and the Republicans think like the Democrats. And the whole way that happens is by slowly morphing, and that's what they do. But The whole point is to get in there. Once you're in there, you've got a conservative constitutionalist as opposed to a Republican conservative can you see the difference i mean if you've got somebody in there that is, is primarily in there that's going to abide by and here to what's the letter of the law in the constitution the separation of powers you know make sure that nobody gets up and tries to you know usurp the power of the presidency or allow or allow like the judiciary to you know upset the power of legislative branch or vice versa and that's what's been going on in this country you know yeah. uh, unbelievably we've got We've got I mean, we've got the president legislating from, from his executive office and then we've got the the bench trying to or you know, the judiciary branch trying to legislate from there. So, I mean you've got to get somebody there right now that is going to say, Okay, we're gonna go back to, you know, old school, the way it's supposed to be ran, the way this country is supposed to be ran. And I mean that and you have to understand what was in the mindset of the founding fathers and, 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 and why they did set that document concrete. And that's exactly what they did. A lot of people think that, that that the Constitution is malleable, that you can just go in there and just willy nilly change it. You can't. They argued over every single sentence, every period, every comma, yeah, I mean puffs waste grammar, words, everything. Everything had meaning back then, like you were talking about like the natural born citizenship law. That all came out of the Age of Enlightenment. And see, nobody is, they, you, you know, you get to that point in high school where they do teach you about the Age of Enlightenment, okay? There is a chapter, just about everyone. They really don't understand what man was trying to understand during, you know, the 19th century, early 19th centuries, and, and, and 18th centuries. They're trying to figure out where man's place was in government. You know, what is his relationship to the people that lead? And how do you want to be led? And that's, you know, that's pretty much why the United States came into being anyway. And right. uh, of course, that's that's exactly why I say, you know, it's it's i If you go for somebody like me, you're going to get somebody that's actually thinking about the Constitution, rather opposed to the party. Right. I'm not a party hack. The party wouldn't be able to, you know, to to mold me and tell me what to do. That's not who, you know, who elected me. Okay, yes, I understand the electoral college process and the whole nine yards. Okay, I understand that. But the people do right. still have a say in in what happens. They, they they seem to think, well, it doesn't matter who you vote for because our vote doesn't really count. And, you know, I hear all the whining and all that kind of stuff too. But you've never seen the way they just said it. I've had enough. Uh, we're all going to get together. We're going to gang up on this problem, and we're going to end it. And I see that right now. I mean, I, I, I saw, I seen that shift, and it, and it was real subtle way back there in 2005. But I got, I got quite a few people up and moving on that issue. I mean, you, can, you can do the research, you'll find out. You know, John Albert Dumais. You know, he went down to Arizona. And that was Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and clued uh, him in on the uh, natural born citizenship uh clause and the fake uh birth certificate i'm i'm a computer programmer i i was the one that found that out you yeah. know, i was the guy that you know figured out with that it was a forged uh birth certificate And uh, when I went to Sheriff Joe Arpaio, I pointed that stuff out to him. So what Arpaio did was, and I don't know if you're familiar with who he is, but let me let me Uh, back up just a little bit for your audience. Well, let me tell your audience who he is. He's a sheriff down in Maricopa County in Arizona, and he's very conservative. I mean, he doesn't coddle his prisoners. Okay, they go out there and they live in tents in the desert, and you know they don't get to you know watch TV. Well, I'll take that back. They do get to watch a little bit of TV, but it's instructional TV. And of course, they wanted to have Radios and stuff like that. He reads some poems and stuff like that. They sound like he's really sadistic, but he's not. You know, you treat a prisoner the way a prisoner is supposed to be taught. You know, of course. But then again, hey, we're trying to rehabilitate people. I mean, you know, yeah, he doesn't it's, go it's like supposed, with change and all that kind of stuff. It's
1: supposed Excuse to me? be. Uh, I said it's supposed to be a case where you're being uh, corrected, not a case of you're Look going correct. to a summer camp. Right. Yeah, that's
2: the yeah yeah. it's about supposed to be a day camp. Okay, so I go down and I see uh, uh, Joe Arpaio with my attorney, and my campaign manager, and, and a couple of staff. My wife went down with me as well. But um, as we walked in there and, and we enlightened him uh, on some of these issues, he really perked his ears up when I showed him how. Exact, I actually showed him how the birth certificate was was uh, manufactured. And mm-hmm. so he got. Together and he didn't know he had been speaking about you know Barack Obama because he didn't like the idea of you know somebody you know doing something illegal because his constituents were were this is our pilot's constituents in, in Arizona were concerned about it, but in order to give him jurisdiction, he had to go to the tea party you know that in there and he used to keep the tea party for jurisdiction, so they were the ones that asked for it, so anytime you see you know, Sheriff General here, yeah, the Arizona G Party came up to him and said, you know, we wanted you to look into this birth certificate issue and that's what prompted him to go to Hawaii with uh Mike Zulow. That's his uh, one of the um that are in in the investigation there in Arizona. And of course they I mean they opened up the whole can of worms. And from you know, I'm not at liberty to say what some of the things are that they actually discovered because I've already been told by this sheriff and everybody else that I'm not supposed to say what that is. But, but then the whole point is, is they, you know, he's supposed to drop this bombshell, and I'm waiting around for this bombshell to be dropped. And you know, how how long am I supposed to wait? You know, I I don't want to wait forever because, uh, you know, I I came at it from a different tack. Well, I don't want to make it sound like I'm just trying to get rid of President. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to solve a problem in this country to get us back onto the right track of governance right. because what that whole election did was it turned us completely upside down and i and i I know people are seeing that right now
1: and and it's it's
2: becoming a a tidal wave you know of people that are saying, "Hey, wait, you know I mean you're right I mean this is what's happened to our nation and and of course. I use him as my focal point, but I really care less. I mean, he's out, but, you know, at the end of this lesson, he tries, you know, hanging on. Everybody thinks he's going to try some false flag event out there to where he gets to stay in power forever. But uh, that's not going to happen. But the whole point is, everybody says, well, how are we going to, let's impeach him, let's impeach him. No, 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 you don't impeach an illegally sitting president because, Everything he's done is null and void, you know. Right. Once you know he's out of there, and he's not eligible for impeachment because that's for legally affecting you know elected officials, and impeachment which, is probably the worst that, route to go anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean that's you know, I mean, for, one for of the things. Reason. That's one of the things I've been saying here for a while that taking that step and finding out eligibility is paramount because yes. if he was never eligible to hold it, then nothing he has quote signed into law actually has the authority of law and in fact a lot of people make this assumption that uh, in that case that the vice president just takes over but in this case Joe Biden was also was also part of the fraud so he would not be eligible Uh, given where the parties are sitting right now I don't know that we'd be much better off if we emergency put uh, John Boehner in his place because he's Kind of all over the place with his policies. Well, that's we're, we're, we're
2: surrounded by fraud and corruption. It is so, it's malignant. I mean, it, it's just all pervasive in our whole our whole governing system. It, 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 you can't go to these people. Look, they're all partial part of the cabal that allowed this to continue. Do you think? I don't think there'd be anybody out there that has any. Any degree of intelligence would think that everybody didn't know that Barack Obama wasn't eligible. Hey, I'm telling you right now, they all know, every last one of them. But see, their their necks are in the noose. I mean, because they come out and they do it, then then they're screwed because we went to them. The people did. They they we clambered. I can't believe it. I, how many petitions that were out there, and I mean, how many court cases that have been out there, how many things, and I mean. None of those court cases were ever judged upon the merits of the case. None of them, as of this moment. And what gives What gives anybody the right to say the people don't have a right to know, you know, the parentage or, or the birth status or the education status or whatever of the that leads us? I mean, we have every right, right to know what, what, how, where that guy came from. And now they're telling us when we go into court, he sealed the records and we have no right? Excuse me? I mean, what, we don't have the right to see something as simple as, hey, uh, we've got you, you know, here, here we've got Barack Obama on the uh, uh, video tape and his wife and everything when he was running as senator in, a, in, in Illinois, bragging about how the first Kenyan-born guy to serve as, as, you know, senator, you know, in this in this country or whatever, you know, and it, it's unbelievable, just you crazy. So when I hear that, you know, that's why I, I, I kind of come unscrewed a little bit because I want to make sure we set things straight. And we can do that. And uh, well, I mean, that it's is, not rocket that's, science.
1: That's definitely something that needs to be done. I mean, the other excuse I keep hearing now for not pushing it is because, well, his term's almost over, and what difference will it make right. now? Well, it'll make a tremendous difference in cases of people who are having to face life-threatening decisions due to things like Obamacare. Uh, Any idea and policy of, uh, I don't know, let's say a pardon that might be coming Eric Holder's way, for example, Uh, again, there there is no pardon. The lawlessness has reached a new level, and unfortunately the majority of Americans are in fact complicit because they haven't taken the time to even pay attention. Uh, lots of times we've seen this move towards conservative ideology in the midterm elections, the last several election cycles, because usually the only people still voting in the midterms are the ones who are actually paying attention. Whereas right. during the presidential cycles, well, everybody's out there supporting what the mainstream media is telling them is their interest. Yeah, and yeah
2: that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, I can see that. I mean, and look. We, have, I see the ch- the tide changing as far as that goes to where people are becoming more interested because I I've been educating them I've been out there doing that and people like yourself everybody out there we're we're doing a job that the educators should have done you know for these people when they were young you know, in, in school you know at least get them ed- interested in in politics as far as hey who's leading your nation because those people are going to be the ones that are going to be like making those life threatening uh or decisions or even nation threatening decisions right. like what we've got going on right now. I mean we're gonna be arming the the ISIS and see and it's very subtle. Very subtle. If you listen to one of the speeches Barack Obama gave he said that ISIL okay were we were, were, um you know the the bad guys. And that but ISIS is okay. See they're going after the Syrians, but they're partial part the of same this the same organization. They're Al Qaeda, right. you know the the exactly. I mean, that's exactly what they are. Now, you're going to arm those guys and while you're opening up our borders and just letting a flood of humanity come across. And then, look, he's done everything he can to destroy this country, and we're sitting, uh, you know, fingernails on the edge, and we're just getting ready to just get kicked in the teeth to finally get thrown over the side, and it's not going to take that much. That's why I'm really squeamish about it, and that's why I'm running, because I can immediately stop. A lot of this stuff, like I said. And you said, once he's out of office, he's still not off the hook. You know, I mean, we can go after him immediately if you elect the right people. And you can undo all the damage that's been done overnight just by going after him, exposing the corruption, exposing the cabal. And, you know, people are really believing that this isn't really conspiracy stuff anymore, okay? I'm not a conspiracy guy. You know, I'm not one of those guys that said you know, oh that we flew our own planes into the trade center and all that kind of stuff. I don't I I don't go into that kind of stuff. I do my, my research and I and and I don't just come to a conclusion of my own. I mean I'm looking at it black and white and I see what's going on. I mean it's is it not even a secret. You know, everybody knows our our enemies know. I mean they're they're laughing at us. I mean, you can go get an English version of any uh you know, Russian uh, newspaper or uh, Israeli or English. You know, you get an English. Uh, you get I mean, from England or Australia or any of They all Barack Obama isn't eligible to be president of the United States, and, and we all sit here and say, "Oh, but yes, he is." And then you ask them, "Well, why is it?" But nobody can ever tell you why he is. And and I can tell you why he isn't, but nobody can say why he is. Oh. They wouldn't have let him serve if he wasn't eligible. Well, who are they? I mean, where, who vetted him out? I want to know, who vetted him out? Like, I, when I figured that out, that they were, you know, going away from that vetting process. Because to you me, know, that's exactly what happened. They, he got through the cracks because he was a senator from Illinois. So, therefore, nobody questioned the natural Born Citizenship Clause because they didn't understand that that's the only place where that clause says, You must be a natural-born citizen. If you go to be a senator or legislator, look at the clause for them, and it says you just have to be a citizen. So there's three types of citizens out there. You've got a citizen, you've got a naturalized citizen, and you've got a natural-born citizen. So then you ask people, okay, tell me what a citizen is. Well, anybody that's born in the United States. Okay, fine. That's, That's correct. Then you say, okay, what's a naturalized citizen? Oh, somebody has come over to the United States from another country, gives up their loyalty to the other country, signs over their loyalty to the United States, becomes a United States citizen. There's a naturalized citizen. Okay, what's a natural-born citizen? And they'll sit there and scratch their head. They have no idea. Well, the natural-born citizen is a progeny of two naturalized or citizens of the United States of America before you're born. And that's why a lot of people don't realize Cruz is ineligible. And why Romney isn't eligible? I mean, Cruz's parents—I mean, they didn't even become citizens until 1975. Doesn't matter that that he was born in the United States. That doesn't matter. He's a citizen, yes, but he's not a natural-born citizen because his parents were not citizens before he was born. And that's exactly what the Constitution says. It doesn't make any. It's just like the Second Amendment of the Constitution. You know, the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. What part of shall not infringe mean? I, You don't understand. Come on, folks. That means you really shouldn't be putting any restrictions on gun ownership as far as the Constitution is concerned. But, I mean, you know, people that are sitting there, they well-intentioned and, and thinking human beings, understand that you don't want a gun in the hand of a crazy person or, or something like that. But I even think that that right there, If if you're you're a constitutionalist, you have to say no. That's not what the Constitution says. And that's what I... See, I'm a strict constructionist. You know, and 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 I'm a reasonable man, too. But the Constitution does say that the right to bear arms... And, of course, they go, well, it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to a free state. And they go, comma, you know, the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say the right of the militia. It doesn't say that. It talks about a militia, but uh, sure. it doesn't say the militia have the right to bear arms. It's the people have the right to bear arms. So they haven't got around to getting the militia together. Okay, so what? But the point is that – And that's that, actually,
1: hey, it's actually two separate points there in and of itself. Number right. one, in order to maintain a well-regulated militia is a preamble to the actual statement, which does not affect right. the statement. And the fact that in that time frame, the militia was everybody old enough – to carry a gun. Well, That's enough. who the militia was. Yeah,
2: yeah, we the people, everybody. We're we are the militia, and and people don't understand that too. And you, I tell them, look, th- th- you know, this is one of the reasons why I'm actually running is because I understand. Look, I have to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, as a citizen. That's your duty, as a citizen. And so I'm out there, you know, scratching away to try to do that, understanding that we're we're being had. And I'm trying to do something to stop it as quick as I can, and the only way I can think of doing it as quick as I can is we have to get we have to get control of one of the branches of government okay that and and I can tell you right now if I was to run for senator, it wouldn't matter a hill of beans. because right. you you've got you know you'd be one of a hundred people right and and that or, or maybe Obama says one of a hundred and twenty something. I think he said there was fifty-seven states. <laughs> but anyway, right. the point being is, is that I would be just uh, I would be a, a, a freshman senator or a freshman legislator or whatever with absolutely no power, and they would maintain control the chokehold that they've got on the government. But if you get into the presidency, okay, if you can get into that one position, then you stand a chance of blocking. And, you know, and, and doing things like that. They just don't have the, just the free will or the spirit to just go out there and just destroy the nation like they're doing.
1: Right. And you that's, have the the power, whole, that's the whole plan. You'd have the power of the veto, plus you'd have the bully pulpit to reach the American people to explain why you're is doing it. The the main it.
2: one. Yes, the bully pulpit. Yeah. It, and we're to use that exquisitely. And yes. if you can get out there to the people and explain it to them in a logical manner, why you're doing the things that you're doing and why it needs to be done, or what the opposition is trying to do to the country. And you have that ability to do that, but at, you know, like I said, at the other levels, you just don't. And uh, so that you get control of that presidency, and you, believe me, if the people can get control of the presidency, that's that's what we need to get control of. And then have somebody in there that understands that there's a separation of powers, and that you make sure that people do that, you know, because... Here's a misunderstanding a lot of people, and why I don't understand why they even put up with it. The legislative branch was set up for one reason, one reason only, and that's to come up with laws to run this nation. Okay, and and what they do is they take those bills, you know, and, you know, and it doesn't become law until after it goes through the whole process. But they'll take the bill right. and they send it up to the president, and like you said, he can veto it or he can pass it. Or you can you know let it become a law naturally, or you can do a pocket veto or whatever, but the point is is that you're that buffer that stops it, and once it's stopped, it has to go back to the whole process again. It doesn't go up to the uh, you know judiciary so they can say like what they did with roe v Wade with the woman's right to privacy, okay. That Mm -hmm. whole thing was a sham to begin with. Look, when I was in college, we already learned that the lady that that filed the case did it on false pretenses. She wasn't raped, okay? That's number one. Uh, Number two, the whole law is flawed because the judiciary stepped in and said what the law should be. And, no, it's not up to them to determine what the law is. It goes back to the legislative branch. They go through it, and it goes back up to the president. And then if another, another... there's another misconception people have about government not every law that has ever been passed is looked at by the Supreme Court and and it just can't just affect just even a couple thousand people
1: or you
2: know but what they do now is if it affects one person then they go in there and they change it like you know they say okay well we're going to do it we're going to make what we say the constitution says it is no 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 that's not your job that's not your job, guys. You're you do one thing and one thing only. And this is the branch, the legislative. I mean, sorry, judiciary branch, and that is tell us if the law is constitutional or not. If it's not, if it's unconstitutional, then it goes back to the legislative branch. Okay? Right. You don't sit there and say, okay, this is how you're gonna make it constitutional. It's not up to you to decide that. It's only up to you to decide whether it's constitutional or not. So that's the whole. That's the nightmare we're in right now. That's the whole nightmare, and and if people understand that, that every branch of our, our government has been usurped and that you know they're not abiding by the Constitution, that's your whole problem in a nutshell.
1: I think one of the uh, best illustrations of that happened a few years back when Ruth Bader Ginsburg made the statement. Here she is, a Supreme Court justice at the time, uh-huh. made the statement that uh, the Constitution was no longer a relevant document in the modern world. I mean, to me, that is coming out and saying there's no reason for me to have any authority. Period. Because if you understand what my job is, it's only to determine if laws actually are constitutional. If that's not exactly. a relevant document, then the Supreme Court's not relevant, and exactly. why should anybody listen? Uh, exactly. let's, let's change it, Let's change up gears a little bit. Let's let's sure. talk a little bit of po- policy. Uh, I want to know what president Dume would do in certain situations uh what would be your highest priority outside of reestablishing uh constructionist constitutional uh limitations to our government what are you working on day one if elected
2: yeah well immediately right now we have to start getting rid of all these uh institutions that have been built up that are unconstitutional that really have no business being there uh number one the uh the Federal Reserve, a lot of people don't understand that the Federal Reserve is unconstitutional that the Constitution actually states the coin of money belongs to the government and it's supposed to be based upon something of intrinsic value uh, right now, what the Federal Reserve does is they come up they come up with a mythical uh, money and then they expect us to pay them back. you know I say okay well, I can end the uh, I can end the uh, federal deficit with a stroke of a pen I'll just pay them back with imaginary money. It's just what they do to us. They're giving us imaginary money. I'll give them imaginary money right back. Okay, so I'm not going to worry about that too much. And then also getting rid of all the you know things like, like like the IRS. The IRS has no business being there. I mean that was something that was implemented there for a short term cure to a problem that we were having, and we were supposed to get rid of that. We didn't do that. And then like. Uh, Working on things like the United nations national security administration things that 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 go to uh destroying our rights as citizens, you know anything that goes to you know I would rather be you know have terrorists running all over this country than have them take away one of my rights you mm-hmm. know, I, and that's the way i I look at it i, I mean I, I i think that yeah a nation has the right and the and the executive office has the duty to protect our citizens, but they don't have that at the expense of taking away our liberties and freedoms. Right. Know, they're supposed to go out there and, you know, uh, kick ass and take names, you know, later after it's all done, like God sorted out, but they don't. And uh, so basically that's my first priority to do is start undoing and unraveling some of these things that have got us into trouble. And I can do those things because with an executive order, because it's, the executive branch to run the executive office, I can – and there's the paradox. And here's where it sounds like it's hypocrisy. And that is I would have to use executive order to go outside the executive branch to do some things that need to be done in order to set the court straight again. So basically that's my highest priority. And, And then the other thing is to get people back to work again. I mean, we've got, I think there's 92 million Americans that are out of work that aren't even working anymore, so they're not even counted in the numbers. We've right. got uh, 142 million that are taking some form of welfare or other. And, um, and, uh, and so, I mean, how are we going to pay for all this uh, stuff? We c- we just can't do it. So if someone has to straighten out that mess, we need to straighten it out, straighten it out quick.
1: Do you have a, a specific Do you have a specific plan in mind there, or is that something where you just gather together a group of advisors, people that you know and trust who have experience?
2: Yeah, absolutely, that's exactly the whole thing. Is that you know, a man look, no man can is an island and and can run this nation on their own because if you do that, you you become the dictator that you're trying to prevent yourself from becoming. So that's why a, a very wise man surrounds himself with people that he can trust. And then, of course, make the decision based upon, and you know what, you know, you look at the Constitution, you figure out, okay, is it going to be within your bounds to do that?
1: And if it is, you know, hey,
2: is it what you were there to do? And then, then do it. You're right, absolutely, I, and that's exactly what I would be ended up doing because you're going to have to get a coalition of people together here that are going to go along with this stuff. I just can't go in there just by myself and say, okay, it's gone. I mean, people don't understand that I mean, no, nobody, nobody was in the island. But I mean, I can say, "Hey, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it right now."
1: I think the other thing that everybody needs to kind of keep in mind too, because I, I have had some callers in the past call in uh, and uh, try and hammer away at a candidate or two, uh, and uh-huh. that's part of why, which is part of why I don't even take callers during uh, the candidates' interviews anymore, because some of it. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you get some great questions, and we usually have great questions coming in out of the chat room too. Chat room right now, uh, we've only got a few folks in it, a few of the regulars uh, that uh happy to have listening. But uh, a lot of the comments, they've been talking about how it upsets them that Cruz knows he's ineligible but hasn't admitted it. Rubio's the same thing. Uh, and we've got some great comments, but not a lot of questions coming out. The, the right. thing is when you hammer away at somebody, when they give you an answer and they say, look, I don't know that, but here's what I will do so I can find out, that has to be a good enough answer because that's what somebody that's genuine is going to tell you. And we've had some folks before that they weren't satisfied with it and kept hammering. So I like the fact that you are willing to say, hey, look, I don't know exactly what to do to do that, but right. here's what I do to try to make it happen. I'll say hey, I got my ideas.
2: Tell me, I've got me, I've got the ideas of what I want to do, but I have to do it within the confines and, and believing. I I have my plans, but it, they're not actually absolutely stone. I know what needs to be done, but I have to figure right. out exactly how that's going to be done. Because when when have we elected a person that, from the citizenry to be president of the United States? We choose from a class, at least a elitist class of people. Right. You know so yeah it's this is i mean okay we can you learn the job of the presidency you know it, it, in a the school hard knocks me on on the job training. can you learn that? I say you can, and the reason why is is because you are you know following the constitution, you can't go wrong. that's the cookbook for their country right. that is the cookbook
1: as, as much as, as as much as Every sentence, paragraph, common period, the way you put it earlier, was fought over in the Constitution. If they thought you needed to be a governor before you could be the president, they would have said so. If they thought you had that's to right. be a general in the military, they would have said so. But the other thing that's important to remember too is, okay, you can't expect 8, 12, 24 years of damage, slow rolled, slowly building up momentum, getting worse, getting worse, to be fixed. Inside of six months, either, uh, and unfortunately, in this short attention span, thirty-minute sitcom world, most people will give you a month, two months, three months, tops, and then expect. Well, hey, this isn't working either. What are you going to do now? Right. Um, you're going to have to. You're going to have to be prepared to stick to your guns, but you also are going to have to be prepared to recognize. Hey, is this working? Is this just taking a little longer? And when it all comes out, it's still going to be up to you utilizing that bully pulpit. Uh, What about your foreign policy? What would be your general uh, Uh, – It's very simple.
2: No foreign entanglements unless it's a direct security interest of the United States of America. And I'll tell you what, any security threats to the United States will be dealt with in in a horrendous fashion because I'm looking out for the people of the United States. I'm not looking out for anybody else. I mean, if it's in direct interest of the United States of America, and I wouldn't like to see, you know, genocide going on, like happened with, you know, the Israelis or, or the Jews during World War II. You can't stand by while a whole, you know, people are being wiped out. That's just not being human. But the, just getting involved in every little, you know, back stupid issue with you know, all these little nations, that so you'd be the world's police and stuff, we can't do that anymore. We have to start thinking about our own security, our own people. And, uh, you know, so... And that's basically my, my, what my foreign policy would be. I don't think we can be isolationist. Uh, that is deadly too, because if you don't know who your enemy is or what they're up to, they're going to come over and do, you know, a hat dance on you. And so you, you just you can't permit that to happen. And uh, getting involved in military situations. I mean, I think that the president, most of the president's been going on right now. They they pretty much take it upon themselves to make up those decisions and they don't listen to the most important people that are out there and that's for your warrior uh generals that know exactly what's going on and uh none of them seem to take the the advice of these uh these guys that have been in there, you know, you know, on the boots, on the ground, uh, fighting people, talking to people, doing what they gotta do to get things done. And nobody ever listens to them. Why is that? I mean, I, 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 I mean, we don't have a dictatorship where, like, it's Napoleon Bonaparte where, you know, or Adolf Hitler we gets up there with the the war map and sits there and say, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and this. And the general will say, well, but if you do this, this, and this, this, is going to happen. And, oh, don't worry about that. I'm just going to do it because, like, historically, you know, Hitler wasn't woken up because they were too afraid to wake the guy up when they started invading in Normandy. You know, had he would have woken up and he would have just sent it over, they would all be speaking German right now. But this is what happens with leaders.
1: Right. Okay, uh do you, do you uh, secure the borders.
2: Excuse, oh secure the borders, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I, I follow the lines that everybody says. I say, uh, no immigration, period. Uh, right now, we cannot. We're not going to sit there and give amnesty to uh, you know several million people right off the bat. Like I said, we've got as many people unemployment that we've got in this country. We just can't afford to have them in this country. We just can't. And so I say uh, the one of the primary duties of the president of the United States is to seal that border and and protect, you know, because we have, literally, we have an invasion going on here. It, it is a bona fide invasion. Carrying guns over it doesn't mean we're not being taken over hostilely because the bottom line is there's plenty of hostility in that. If you come over and you thumb your noses at our, our laws and say, well, if I just go over here and I just, you know, flaunt them and, and just stay here long enough, you'll just give me citizenship, well, then what the heck do we even have an immigration policy for? You know, in the first place. We're the only country that doesn't enforce its borders. So I'm saying, heck! If I have to build a 20-foot wall and, and put, uh, you know, uh, a military service every 15 feet, I'll do that. You know, it, it, that's got to stop right now. And I'm not just talking about the southern border; I'm talking about the northern border and both sides of the ocean. Doesn't you know? I, you've got it. We've got to stop this. You know, uh, just unfiltered and and just unmitigated at all. Uh, Invasion that we're coming in from from the south. So, yeah, and like I said, the people that are already here, that they're thinking about giving amnesty to, no. Uh, round those people up, yes. Use them profiling if you have to. Whatever you've got to do to get them gone. They're lawbreakers. You don't reward lawbreakers with a, a gift, a citizenship. You don't give them that. I don't care what they're doing for our economy. You know, matter of fact, I say they're destroying our economy, but everybody says, oh, they're doing such a great job, because I'll tell you what, I don't want to hear that there's, like, 11 million uh, illegal immigrants out there picking our tomatoes. I don't want to hear that. You know, I, I know. I live in an agricultural state. I live in California. I mean, I see it. I know it. You know, I know it's not that many people. A lot of them are here taking up construction jobs, uh, you know, in the landscaping industry. Um, God, they're... I'm telling you right now, I mean, I'm in information technology. I mean, I'm up there, and we're being invaded. And a lot of those are coming from, like, the uh, like India and Pakistan and, and, and all those other uh, countries. So, I mean, if you open up your borders completely like that, then you're going to get what you've got going over in England right now. You've got, uh, I mean, you can't even walk down the street from my understanding. And I had a friend who just got back from over there, and they said that, I mean, you see women in full workers. Walking down the streets. I mean, come on, we're being taken over. It's an amoeba. You got to stop it. And I and it's not the same thing that was going on with the with the with the Irishmen, you know, at, at, during the potato famine, or you know, at, right during the Civil War period, where we had that large immigration flux. Even at you know in the 20s, when we had the other immigration flux in, in the early teens. Uh, of last century, it's not like that at all. This is a total different situation. We're being invaded by a country that thinks that they have some sort of birthright to, you know, where we, uh, you know, after we beat old Santa Ana and we've got, you know, uh, Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and, and all that kind of stuff, they're not going to get that back. as part of the United States of America. They're not going to get it back just because you want to flood your, you know, everybody here. It's not going to happen. Right.
1: Mm. Right, uh What do you think about uh, while we were you mentioned England itself, and of course we've seen that this uh, past year the uh, British Foreign uh, Ministry uh, released a report uh, just a few weeks back. This past year, they had more British citizens go and fight with ISIS than who are actually joining the British military.
2: Uh, yeah, oh, I thought that's appalling. Do you want me to know what I think about the people that did that?
1: Now, well, I was, I was seriously. Okay. Serious. Oh, how do how do we how do we avoid a similar thing here? Because when we have people, uh, say in Oklahoma, for example, beheading coworkers uh, because of Well, that's not too fire. far off.
2: Okay, that's not too far off because there are people from the United States running all over the Middle East. Destroying these uh, militant Islamic groups—it's mm-hmm. already happening. I, the Boston bombs; those were militant uh, 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 guys. They weren't just uh, homegrown things like Timothy that you know, mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, federal building down there. So the point is, is that it's already happening in this country. And what you do is, they don't come back to this country. You know, you don't let people run off and and join some uh, when they become a, an enemy combatant to the United States. They don't come back. You know, I, I say you strip them of their citizenship immediately. If They don't come back, and if they come back, they're immediately tried for treason. I mean, because that's what it is. If you you know you're a citizen of this country and you take up arms against it, you're you're traitor. You're treasonous. So, well, you're going to treat, treat traitors like, you know, they're just misunderstood, or misguided people that are, you know, out there because they're religion? No. Everybody has a free exercise of the religion in this country, but you don't have the free, you know, uh, establishment of it. I mean, over everybody. And that's exactly right. what Islam is all about, is, is establishing a worldwide belief faith. And we're not going to allow that. We can't allow it here. Because uh, I'm telling you, there's still more Christians that are, that are you know, uh, Muslims out there, not by much, but there still is. And I mean, we're getting mm-hmm. thinner and thinner as the days go by. But uh, you know, this is whether people want to believe it or not. I don't care what they say because it, it's the truth. This is a Hill Christian Nation. It was founded upon Christian principles. Hey, I mean, all the founding fathers. I mean, they bought into it, even if they didn't completely believe in it. But the bottom line is, is it's, it's a Christian nation. And uh then we're a prime targets for those, you know because uh I mean, we're those infidels, I mean you know we gotta we've gotta be gotten rid of, and uh we're not going to permit that
1: how do we, uh, we counteract violence. the I'm sorry,
2: I said not, not, I won't you know i'm oh, I'm not like gonna it. allow it to happen if I was't his president, it wouldn't happen.
1: How do we counteract uh the mainstream media's efforts to try and protect uh these incidents from uh hearing being heard by the actual American people because I've been looking at these stories from uh the Alton Nolan, uh the guy that actually beheaded coworker in Oklahoma this past week. Oh, and in in so many of these stories, the media is constantly trying to say, we're looking into whether or not his recent conversion to Islam had anything to do with it. Does he have any ties to terrorism? And all of this is an obvious, blatant attempt to prevent the American people from knowing the truth of how dangerous this particular cult, which is how I typically refer to uh, Islam as, can be. Because Uh, I mean, it's been kind of the last three episodes broadcast of this show, I have been pointing out acts of uh, jihad that have been carried out within the United States that most of us have not heard even a peep about in the mainstream media. And again, the, the, the excuses keep being put out there that, well, these guys are loan operators, and they're just – they're not affiliated with anybody. It doesn't matter if they're affiliated with anybody. The point is, not. is that the media, the media should be telling the people the truth about why they're doing it. Because if I don't you're care jihadist, why doing it. yeah. If, yeah, if, I don't jihadist, care because
2: if they, go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I if it's like, oh. go ahead.
1: Uh, That's right. I was just going to say that if you're a jihadist, you have some mental issues anyway. You want to kill somebody just because they're different than you. That is not the actions of the same person, especially someone who's trying to gain uh, favor from a god. So the American people need to know how dangerous it really is because this appeals to the mindsets of – lonely, disenfranchised people who feel like the world's turned their back. It doesn't matter what's led them to it, but we need to be able to discern for ourselves what the threat actually is, and we can't right. get that information. So how do we Isn't counteract? Yeah, how do well, we counteract- that's what I'm
2: saying. You have to have somebody in office that's going to do that, and that, that's the sky that gets up. Now, here's a double-edged sword. Will the media get the president any time? to say anything. Because if they don't want you on there, they just won't put you on there, right? Because they've got the right to do that. I and mean, They don't have to let the president be heard. They really don't have to. So we have to depend on other ways of getting the word out there if we have to. But, you know, it's up. that's the only way you can do it. Like you said, anybody that claims that they're a jihadist and that they've... It, it, it doesn't matter. We're, we're a nation of excuses, and and the bottom line is that somebody's always been beat or hurt or something like that for their actions. We never hold anybody accountable for their actions, you know. And and the bottom line is, is like you said, if they want to join the jihadist club out there, okay, you've just committed treason against the United States of America. Plain and simple, you'll be thrown in the noose if we can catch you, and if not, you know, then you're uh, going to be a, you know, a, a target that we'll aim at. You know, when we're over there doing whatever we got to do to protect this country. But, um, yeah, I, I understand all about how the media is working against this because right now they use subliminal, um, uh, you know, political uh, ideology, you know, stuff going, coming at us all the time. They're coming up with a new show. It's called Madam Secretary. And if you look mm-hmm. at the gal, she strikingly looks a lot like Hillary Clinton to me. And now, what they this is what they do. They'll come up there in the media. They want to promote an agenda. They'll come up with a television show, and it'll it'll seep into the subconscious of the American people. and pretty soon, they're starting to sway that way. And, and I I hate to say that Americans are are they're I don't know why they're prone to this lemming, uh, uh, you know, type ideal. I mean, how, why do they all just jump on the bandwagon like that? Like I can tell you. Uh, just before Barack Obama was elected, and I, and I don't want to make a racial issue out of this because people will say you're race-baiting, but the point is is leading up to Obama becoming President of the United States, I can tell you of at least a half-dozen movies that I can think of right now where the President of the United States was a black man.
0: Right.
2: Okay? And I, I could, you know, Armageddon's one of them. You know, I'm not Armageddon... Um, um, With that comet king in to kill everybody, he was the president. You know, set up a. Uh, but anyway, bottom line is, is that they, they use the media to prime us, and it's like a hypnotic trance. And and how do you, how do you combat that? Because if you say you don't have freedom of the press, because they have that freedom, but I don't think they have the freedom to lie. You know, and that's just the thing. Just like they say in the Supreme Court, you know, that they think the absolute. Free speech isn't absolute because you can't yell fire in a crowded room. You know, right. it, it's what that speech incites. And what they're doing is is this free speech is inciting the people to you know to accept what's going on or just be swayed by like this you know this jihadist movement and all this kind of crap. I don't care. You know, if they want if they want to establish a caliphate and all those other. Uh, countries over there that are primarily Islam, I say go ahead, hands off Israel, okay, because Israel's not, you know, they're not uh, Arab. And you know, the bottom line is that whether people, and I come to believe, I, I get it from both ends, because you know, they say that, well, I'm one of the Christians that believe that, you know, God said that, you know, woe be those that, you know, that are enemies of his chosen people, which are supposedly the Israelites, right? One of those type right. of things. And it's not that they're any special, but I get the anti-Zionists, you know, that come at me like crazy because I say, you know, our best ally in the region over there is Israel. And then they say, well, what about the, you know, the their their secret service that are over here, you know, their type of, what do they got, the Talmud or something like that? Oh, I, come on. Guys, yeah, be reasonable. Those, you know, if, if anybody's a friend of us over there, it is the Israelis, and you know they're the only buffer we've got between us and, and some pretty radical people over there. And uh, so, I don't know, but they, but that's what happens. You know, but you you gotta let you gotta let free speech continue, but then you've got to be able to counteract it some way. And the way you do that is, like you said, with, by the bully pulpit, and and also getting it out there to the people. And you can get it out there; it's not impossible. Because there still is conservative um, media outlets out there, although I think, by the by, most of them are liberal, communist, socialists. and uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know that's not too hard to prove. But I don't think it's totally impossible.
1: yeah, and it, 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 it does help. It does help uh, to have outlets like social media too. Absolutely. I mean that's yeah, that that like wildfire. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know that you had agreed to an hour. Were you here to hang around a little bit longer? Because I'm enjoying the conversation. I think that the listeners are too. Uh, do you have enough time to stay with us a little while longer?
2: Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, yeah.
1: All right. Well, uh, let me know when it's getting close to time that you have to go. Uh, I was uh, very much well, get sure. about
2: an hour and a half and my voice starts breaking up because I talk too much.
1: All right. Well, we'll try and keep you under that then. Uh sure. you met, you mentioned earlier that you talk about uh taking citizenship from uh people who decide to go and join the foreign fighters uh out of uh, the states. Right. I, I know uh, our most recent estimates are somewhere between 2 and 500 American citizens currently over there and I keep hearing uh Unconfirmed reports that the numbers are much, much higher than that. The administration just doesn't want to release it. Right, that's certainly, certainly believable enough, but you know yeah. you can't confirm a, an uncooperated report. But you yeah, know, we'll right. we'll stipulate there. My concern with just flat out taking uh, citizenship under those grounds, though, is again that's something that gets on that slippery. Slippery slope. I, I'm all for trying these people as enemy combatants. I think that their constitutional rights should be suspended. But if you uh, start allowing easier routes for taking citizenship from people, what concerns me is the next time around.
2: Yeah, I think are
1: Somebody, right. somebody a little further to the left than say Hillary Clinton uh, currently right. to degree. Uh, How did they amend that law? Because how long is it before we realize, okay, our citizens actually – they didn't go to Syria. They went to the UK, and then from the UK, they took some back route area to get involved, provide support. So eventually they start uh, making all these amendments to how the law is written. Uh, Does that that concern you any at all with the –
2: yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in retrospect, just thinking about it, I opened up my big mouth really fast and said, you know, go ahead and strip away their citizenship. But I see, I see where you're coming from on on that. Um, yeah, yeah, right. I I can see a better way of handling on that. And me, my my knee-jerk reaction is, you know, string the guys up because you know they've what they've really done is they've they've managed to you know really just for this nation they're eating they're, it up from within. It's not the enemy at the gates. You got to worry about it. it's the enemy from within, and um, you know there's ways of handling it uh, a lot better than that but um yeah you know, i I can see the slippery slope you're talking about but i i i worry about you know then people just pay on out and and doing what they need to do to you know to subvert this nation and uh i mean how do you i mean most people I mean a lot of patriotic people out there and people and I'm not afraid to call somebody a non patriot I mean, I have a, dear, a, a clear definition in my mind what a patriot is, and I'm not afraid to say, you know, that someone's not patriotic. You know, maybe that I guess my free right to say that, but but uh, I don't know. I I don't like the idea of these these guys running over there and learning how to make, uh, you know, uh, bombs out of pressure cookers and stuff like that, and then coming back here to the United States and, and then plying their little, you know, their little Hobby on us. I just, I've got to protect the people of the United States. I mean, that's yeah. one thing you've got to do, the people as a whole, this nation, the Constitution. I mean, otherwise, if somebody doesn't do that with that attitude and doesn't do it fast, we are going to lose this nation. And this experiment of freedom and liberty is, you know, a little over a couple hundred years old, is going to fall flat on its face. Now, you turn to Rome. And you look at what those people did, I mean, they are a republic for a god-awful long time. And then, you know, and they, they, they did certain things, and they became a dictatorship. And you can see what's going on. The same thing is happening in this country. So, right. so you got to stop it.
1: You know, Rome is actually an extremely good example because looking at some of the historical documents that you can find, letters from senators and things of that nature that we have recorded in history books – the yeah. parallels between Roman politics in the two decades leading up to the demise of the empire and American politics right now are so similar that they're scary. Oh, that, again, that's, I,
2: that's why I mentioned it. Yeah, that's why I mentioned it because I'm – like I said, I, well, I have degrees in archaeology
1: and in history.
2: Okay, I have, I have a double major in college. That doesn't make me any smarter than anybody else, but I was exposed – to a lot of things that most people aren't exposed to, you know. And, and, of course, one of my favorite periods of history, if I was to live any other time in history, it would be the Roman Republic. And I'd be something along the lines like Cicero was.
1: You know, but I'd probably be,
2: end up just like Cicero, having my hands nailed to the Senate wall, because, you know, I'd be talking about the, you know, the Republic, the Republic. People understand why the Republic is so important, as opposed to, you know, dictatorship, Type rule and and a lot of people are gravitating towards that dictatorship because they don't know what to do. I mean, it's just like and and people have to take more responsibility on what goes on with this nation. You just can't vote somebody in, turn them loose, and let them do what they want to do. I mean, you know, and then we have to sit there and pick up the pieces and and figure out what's happening later on. I mean, you've got to be proactive in in getting you know getting a person elected and keeping an eye on what's going on and help that person do what you elected them to do by giving them the support that's necessary.
1: And then, you know,
2: maybe you can straighten some of these things out. And like I said, if you do that by going to a constitutionalist as opposed to a party member, then you're going to be able to, to, you know, get something done. And, uh, and that, but, like you said, it is a slippery slope in a lot of ways. because if you do give that much power to one branch, then then you're opening yourself up to the fox being in the hen house. And you don't want that happening. <laughs> I know I don't. And, I mean, I, 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 I get queasy when I talk about, uh, the, you know, relinquishing power, any type of rights to any one man. You know, it, it just it, it really can't be allowed to happen. You know, and uh, you, if you can like, go back to a legislative body and making sure that they get most of their rules right, and then you have somebody that can veto it right off the bat, you know, like like councils did, like back in Rome, you know, those type of things where you were, you know, hired for, you know, a term to do it, and then once that term was up, what did you do? You bailed out, you went back home, you did what you were supposed, you were do before you became whatever you became. You know, it's not like now to where these guys get entrenched, in a government office and they stay there for life. And then we're paying these uh retirements to these people that don't really know anything about what it's like to put food on the table, you know, uh, you know, hold a whole household with somebody's head, oh yeah, sure they can go out there and look like Cruz. Uh Cruz right now is uh, not Cruz, I'm sorry, Romney, is going down to San Diego right now and he's building a nine thousand square foot home. Okay, down in La Jolla. And right in that area. And, of course, he's got a 3,000-foot home there right now, and, of course, I guess the home that he's living in now is going to be the size of his basement, his new house. But I don't belittle anybody the right to go out there and make as much money as they can, okay? And, and this is where people get me wrong a lot. They say that, okay, why are you begrudging the guy being rich? I said, no, I don't begrudge a guy being rich. I begrudge a guy not having a clue what it is to be an American in this country, coming in and supposing that he can tell us what needs to be done in order to make it right for everybody else, and and that's what he, that this is what he's doing. Mommy he doesn't know what it's like to be a common ordinary citizen in this country. He's an elitist. Okay, and that that that's the whole point. Everybody that leads us are elitists. And, it, and I don't understand why most of the population can't see that. They're like the plebs. They're the guys that are sitting down there, you know, just make, grudging out, hacking out a day, you know, what they can do just just to survive. And then maybe on the weekend they get to watch a football game and drink a couple beers. But their lives are being, you know, hit from all angles from the government. And and that's not what our founding fathers set this up to be. It was more or less the government was supposed to be as least obtrusive as it could in everybody's life. And that you know you're pretty much free to do much of what you wanted to do with your life. Whether it, if you wanted to sit in the corner and do nothing, go ahead, sit in the corner and do nothing. But right now, like I said, when you've got all these elitists that are being uh, that are up there, you, then what you have is a is a, a power class, and right. and that's and then 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 now that's what we've got are classes. Now what classes do you belong to? I mean, I I belong me. I, I'm I'm just I'm middle class, you know, and and. The, the point is I know how hard it is because I live paycheck to paycheck lots of times, and I still do. You know, And the and point is I know how hard it is, and I know when I see uh, you know, 50 know, 60% of my money going out the door, and I get to see that money because it's going to taxes, I mean, I'm going, hey, well, what am I doing this for? I mean, and then, and then, it it, like with this minimum wage uh, crap that we got. It's so simple to understand, and why people don't, and they would automatically vote down raises to the minimum wage for that one reason. And say, here's an example. I make 20 bucks an hour. Okay, so you got some guy that's making six, seven bucks an hour, and all of a sudden they bump it up to 15 bucks an hour. I'm still making 20 bucks an hour. What happened to my wage? My wage? I just lost all that earning power that I was making. I mean, I've just been bumped down, and that's what happens with this equalization of wealth and the redistribution of wealth, because that's what it is. <laughs> the raise the minimum wage is just a, a you know, redistribution of wealth scheme, and that's exactly what it is, because what they've done is they've taken money away from me to give to somebody else, and why people can't understand that is beyond me. It's, it's like simple math. I mean, because in all sense, I should have got a $15 raise put me back up where I should be because minimum wage is not meant to provide for your family.
1: You yeah. know, that's
2: what kids go in their Burger King and stuff like, you know, and, and really, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm crass or that I'm unfeeling or anything like that, but I mean, come on, if you're you're, you're 30-something years old and you're making minimum wage, you've done some pretty bad choices in your life. You know, right. I mean, I mean, anybody can get out there and you, you get a pretty. By the time you're 35 years old, you, you should be making a pretty good wage, and you shouldn't be worried about minimum wage.
1: And it's the choices I mean, you
2: make, and you got to live with them.
1: Unfortunately, there have been a lot of folks under this Obama economy that have had to uh, take Recently. significant down downgrades into the jobs right. they were doing. That's what but I'm saying. I think I think in most situations, people do understand, hey, yeah, I should not be making $15 an hour to ask if you'd like fries with that or yeah. to be the one in the back dropping the fries into the fryer. That's right. not a $15 an hour job, even with the dollar being worth less and less, uh, <laughs> it seems like, every passing day. can't uh, yeah, worth anything. So it is hard to get across to the folks that, again, the ones that aren't thinking about it, the ones that are. Uh, well, I'm working this minimum wage job. I, I'm not responsible for my choices. Somebody needs to yeah. take care of me. Those those are the people we're having to fight with in that argument. And oh yeah,
2: well that's true too. I mean, you got people that you know they make some bad arguments and then they expect to be taken care of. I mean, I I just I can't see that. And then there's always that that safety net that you have to have for people that. Circumstances beyond their control You know yeah. Beyond their decision making capabilities You know or whatever I mean but I like I said It all goes back to that Lack of, of responsibility Lack of consequences That we've Become we've morphed into a society Like that I mean you know a couple Hundred years ago I mean you didn't do Things that you know, were going to Get you poured, thrown into the poor Because that's where you went I mean, you know, and you made sure that you, you, of course, was living harder. Yeah, sure it was. But, you know, that's the whole thing about this nation, why it's so great, is that you've got the ability to go out there and whatever you can, you know, whatever you can make it yourself, you can make it yourself. A lot of people do it. And and they come from a wide scope of of people. I mean, I've seen some, you know, some guys that can barely speak English that are out there making millions of dollars, you know. Uh, doing stuff. And, uh, you know, this country has plenty of opportunities out there for people. But, um, I don't know, just we've got to do something about it and do something quick because I can see that that, that edge, that cliff, and we're headed right for it in you know, 100 miles an hour, and you know, we've got to put the brakes on.
1: Right. Okay. All right, let's let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit again one more time. Let's kind of get back to the campaign. Uh, what What sure. is the campaign for you right now? Uh, outside of utilizing the social media, what are you doing? Do you have any events coming up soon? If somebody wanted to come see you in person,
2: yeah. There you go. Here's what's happening in that in that department. Okay, we understand that the midterm elections are going to be really taking up a lot of the time of the people. I got into it quite. Soon, early, most, more than most people, because a lot of people have even announced, right, that they're going to run. And the reason yes. being is, is that, you know, it's really early in the season right now. But I had to get going because I, I'm coming at it from a, a different angle. You know, I'm trying to reach the people through a different angle because really, after all, that's what campaign contributions go to buy is, recognition that that's what they're going for. All these campaign contributions to buy people off so they can, you know, get the media to cover them so that people get out there to get to see them. So I'm using a different route to get to the people, but I'll be relying upon those old-time, you know, old-time and true tested uh methods of getting out there to the people and that is, you know, going and seeing them. So after in April, I'll be headed back to the East Coast. Okay, so that's when I start, and it'll be starting in April, that we'll be making the the rounds back there and uh, uh, start getting in, you know, those battleground states and start getting people to, to see me. I do appear, you know, here and there, and I, I, I do a lot of radio shows, and, and I, I've gotten out uh, to different events and stuff. Like, well, with the tea party out here, I helped them with the Sacramento chapter out here, uh, getting that going. Um and then just recently I was with the overpasses with America. I was uh, at the Capitol here in California, uh, speaking to people. So I do get out there. Like I said, I was at the Tea Party at, in Arizona and I've been up to Oregon and, you know, I'm I'm out there right now, but um and the campaign is starting to gel. Uh we've got just about everybody filled up. Now we're we're starting on the uh state uh, people that in the different states, the coordinators for the different states. Uh, we've got the volunteers all set up. We just have to organize them into a unit that they can start making some uh, you know, headway into getting my name recognized out there. And of course shows like yours.
1: And and
2: I've done I mean God, just do a Google search on I me. Mean, you'll see I'm out there a gazillion times practically. It's just unbelievable I do so many shows. But uh yeah, it's it's going good and we understand that we have to wait till the midterms are pretty much over until everybody starts focusing on the presidency. And there's always that lull right after the elections where nobody wants to hear about any politics for a little bit. So we understand that. So we're going to use that to our effect and, and just uh, organize and get get ready to go. I've got quite a few people, you know, lined up right now already, you know, a few thousand. And I mean, that's talking about people that are willing to help, you know, do something.
1: Not okay.
2: just just say that there's supporters of mine that actually want to do something. All
1: right. I actually have a, a lady in the uh, chat room uh, goes by the handle Lady Michelle that's asked if you're planning on coming to New Hampshire.
2: Yeah, that's what I just said. I on the whole East Coast, yes. I mean, I'm going to be making a whole tour of the whole East Coast. I'm, I'll be starting in Massachusetts, and then working my way. I'll be in Florida, and, and I'll be back in D.C. again. I I I was at the I gave a speech at the White House. Um, I was within just a few feet of Barack Obama, and I pointed at him and called him a usurper. <laughs> and with the Secret <laughs> Service uh, on top of the White House, their guns pointing at you know, all that good stuff. But he was getting into his motorcade, so he heard me ranting at him for a while. But, he, I mean, he knows who I am. I mean, trust me, he knows who I am. You can't be sued. You know, a dozen times and have to spend all that money. I don't know. I, well, we know that the money isn't coming from him. We know that, that his his gal Sotomayor is, uh, you know, fronting his uh, whole, you know, his whole facade that he's got going on. She's the one that's enabled him uh, by. Uh, she went out there and paid for his uh, his legal counsel. You know, in, in some of these earlier fights. I mean, she kind of organized it for him but yeah we'll be out there on the east coast and uh we'll start off there don't know the exact when we'll be there we're, we're working on the schedule right now but i just know sometime after april i'll be out there
1: all right and uh, she's also asked me to pass forward uh her email so that she can put you in touch with some folks in uh, sea, the seacoast area new hampshire
2: yeah and, absolutely uh, i mean we're always looking for people and um yeah i can give that information i not yeah it's very simple I'll, if you
1: want. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say I'll go ahead and uh, forward that uh, to you through sure. Nick if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, that's
2: fine.
1: All right. Uh, yeah, uh, anyway, uh, it sounds like uh, sounds like you've got things in motion pretty well. You are still looking for volunteers. Uh, yeah. People are looking to find out more about you there too. You mentioned the website. I know you've got a Facebook uh uh, if you want to throw out your social media contacts right now, uh, probably be a pretty good time to throw those out for anybody that catches the show or catches the podcast later. Yeah.
2: What would you like me to do with that?
1: Uh, yeah, go go right ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. I had some noise in my ear.
1: All right, sorry about that. I just I said now probably a pretty good time for you to go ahead and throw out the website. Uh, the social media contacts, like the Facebook page, any Twitter accounts, any other social media you're using.
2: Oh, you'd like me to get that address out right now, yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, now the easiest way, you know, to go ahead and get to me is uh, just type in, you know, D U M M E T T John, uh, you know, on any Google search engine, and you're going to hit up, you know, at just about every site that, you know, that I'm available. I'm not just at one social networking site. I'm members of different tea parties, and, and I mean, if you hit that, just Google search my engine. You'll, you, you use the Google search engine or whatever you use, and just look, you know, type in my name, you know, John DeMay, uh, and that's D-U-M-M-E-T-T, and it looks like dumb it. There's no I in it. There's no B in it. So <laughs> you get people to say it, right, but. Uh, you can say Dumet if you want. It's French, it, it's French origin. I could care less about the French, soil, so I understand. <laughs> not, not that I don't care about the people, but <laughs> I'm just saying I can care right, less right. about France. But if they do that, and then you can go to um, um, it'd be DUMMETT2016.com, and that'll get you to where you can get um, a volunteer forms so if you want to donate uh, to the campaign, uh, any of that site. And we definitely have another site that's going to be available, but. Uh, it's not operational quite yet, so we just paid for another our own domain and, and all that kind of good stuff, and it's going to be a really good site, but it's not up yet, so I can't give you that one. But if you do that, you'll be able to get to me, and uh, it's no problem, trust me. There's not too many people D-U-M-M-E-T-T out there running.
1: Now, that, that is true. That is true. Yep. Okay, yeah. uh, well... You know, we're getting close to that hour and a half, Mark, and I do appreciate you spending the extra time with us. And uh, I do want to wish you luck with your campaigning. I believe the message is certainly worthwhile. And I would really, really like to be able to say that uh, the Republican Party nominated somebody that actually wants a return to the Constitution. Yeah, uh, I'm open. So let me go ahead and uh, extend you an invitation to come back on the show. It's any other time that you'd like between now and the campaign, I certainly would uh, love for you to have another opportunity to be on here and talk to us. And in the meanwhile, uh, again, good luck, sir. Appreciate your time. Yeah,
2: well, I thank you very much. Thanks for having me on your show. And just uh, everybody, you know, just ready because I'm coming. I'm coming. All right?
1: All right. Thank you very much, and God bless, sir. Okay.
2: Yeah, God bless you too. bye -bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was John Dumay Jr. He is, in fact, running for President of the United States. He's out there hustling hard, trying to get that nomination. He lives in California. And I do have his primary website in the today's show description if you want to pull that up. Uh, like I mentioned, he does have Facebook page. Uh, it's easy to keep uh, caught up with the... where he's at campaign-wise, and I think he definitely has that same appeal that a lot of folks right now are looking for. Uh, He's he's constitutionally conservative. He's looking to establish those limitations back onto our federal government, and there's really outside of voting for people with that in mind. There's no other way to save our republic. We are too far gone not to fight, not to have to fight, to bring it back. It's not just going to fix itself. Some of the statements that were made in the chat room today in regards to you know, folks that I happen to admire a lot like Cruz, uh, there are reasons why Ted Cruz hasn't come out and said, oh, no, I'm not eligible to run for president or actually not eligible to be president. And that's because he's got people telling him that he could run. Same thing with uh, uh, several other candidates that we know for a fact that constitutionally speaking, that they are not eligible. But until we can prove that we're serious as a voting bloc, until we can prove that we, the American people, expect a return to constitutionally limited government at the federal level… They're not going to take it seriously, and they're going to keep stretching the rules. They're going to keep stretching and stretching and stretching until the republic breaks, and there is too much of that going on already. It happens on both sides, and it doesn't matter what the reason is. I mean you can be motivated to try and do a good thing. But if you're breaking the rules, you're still breaking the rules. I hate the fact that Ted Cruz is not eligible to hold the office because to me other than Scott Walker, he's one of the few people that I think is genuine enough and I would like to get him out of uh Congress before Congress warps him <laughs> uh, that actually could be trusted in that role and would try to do the right thing. You know, I like Scott Walker a lot as a presidential candidate. I think I discussed that a little bit earlier with uh, Mary in the chat room. But as it all boils down, the bottom line is that divide that I was talking about with uh, Mr. Dume earlier between half of the conservative candidates that want to take the Republican Party back for the constitutionally conservative Americans and then the other half that just think it's too far gone…  … it still comes down to the fact that there is a majority of people that agree at the same level that we need that return. Returning to the constitutional limitations of the federal government is the only way to save the republic. Something to keep in mind that's one of the reasons why I have so formally uh, endorsed and supported Danny Page as a candidate here in Tennessee for U.S. Senate…  … because he's a genuine person, and he believes in the Constitution. And I certainly got the impression that uh, Mr. Dume is in that same situation. Of course, that's why it's also inherent upon you guys to go to the website, check out the social media, and check him out when he does come close to you in person and decide for yourself because whether it's going to be… John DeMay Jr. or someone else with that same mole. That's who we've got to get behind, and we've got to prove both to the party and to the country as a whole, the entire political apparatus in particular, that that's what we, the American people, not just want but are going to demand because we have to. We can't let ourselves slip into this socialist wasteland that this country will become if we don't seal the borders, if we don't take threats like ISIS seriously, if we don't stop using crises as excuses to push our agendas. So that's all we've had since Obama took office, and a lot of folks – could and would argue that the same thing was transpiring even under W. I know it certainly looks that way. As it all comes down to, though, the American Republic will not be saved by politicians. The American Republic will be saved by the American people… And the majority of the undereducated, and when I make that reference, I mean specifically undereducated on issues of politics, the majority of them really want the same things that the rest of us do. They just don't understand how the socialist mentality works against them achieving it. Everybody wants to be prosperous. We do live in a society now where very few people are willing to put in the time and the effort and the work necessary to take advantage of the opportunities that we're given. That's why there is so much support for the $15 an hour minimum wage concept. The majority of folks that support that are either A, politicians, or B, people that are working for minimum wage and don't see an opportunity for themselves to improve without the government doing it for them. That's where it becomes incumbent upon us to reach out to those people, to help them to understand. Charity is not the work of the government. It's not charity if it's done by gunpoint, which is the case if it's done by government. Now, sure, I don't have an IRS agent showing up at my house when it comes time to send in my check at the end of the year with a gun, although I do have them showing up at my house if I refuse to send them that check. So yeah, that's still a gunpoint, <laughs> and I don't like the idea. I am a fair tax supporter, but… I would be supportive of just about any advancement that moved us away from the IRS. I think that a truer, fairer tax code is necessary, and I don't think that you can have a fair tax code if it requires more than two pages to actually write it. Ultimately… The one rule that we always need to keep in mind as citizens watching what our government is doing, they're writing something that requires more than 500 pages, and they're trying to hide stuff from us. They don't want us to know everything they're putting in it, and in some cases, the writers are trying to hide stuff from the other people. They're going to vote for it. It's not like they read the bills anymore. I know we've all heard it to death. We're probably tired of hearing it, but uh, Miss Mimi Pelosi's famous quote, we've got to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. Absolutely insane. All right, I'm going to shift gears a little bit now. We'll talk a little bit about some of the, uh, some of the bigger news stories of the past week. Uh, first and foremost, of course, Eric Holder resigning is kind of a big deal. And uh, the outrage of the week this week uh, circles around Alton Nolan. Uh, not so much that it happened, uh, which of course is a terrible and tragic and certainly worthy of anger and concern by Americans everywhere. But like I mentioned earlier in my conversation with uh, John –… the fact that our media, again, makes every effort to put cover for Islam in the story, in every headline, in every effort to report the story itself. We'll get to that and a little bit more in just a few, but I also wanted to go ahead and wish my brother a happy birthday. Uh, today is his birthday. And I also wanted to mention something uh personal to a friend of mine. Uh a few weeks back I had uh, musician Cash Easlow on the show uh to discuss a little bit about uh, a little bit about John Lennon's killer being denied parole again. Uh and as it turns out Cash has been working on some new material with a gentleman by the name of Stephen Miller. Uh, Stephen was uh, fairly well-known in the Nashville music market. He knew just about everybody. He had done production work with Trisha Yearwood, among other notables. Well, he's passed away this past week, and as a tribute to him, with your indulgence, and I hope you don't mind, I would like to go ahead and play, in total the last song that he and Cash Eastlow had finished together. Uh, Hope you don't mind me taking this a few moments, but uh, my friendship with Cash and seeing how it affected him uh, leads me to think that uh, it would be a fitting tribute. And one of the things that we always need to keep in mind, in my humble opinion, is in our fight to save the republic,  … and then our fights to fight off socialism and and Islamic caliphate and all the other things that we're fighting to try and prevent. We need to remember why we're fighting for, and that's the things that unite us. That's the things that keep us human. So I'm going to play this song, and then when we get back, we'll get into these other stories. So stay with me. It's about six minutes, but I think you'll probably like it. I hope so. Anyway, if not, tune out for about six and a half minutes, and we'll be back after that. Uh, Here we go. gentlemen, that was the song. I hope you guys liked it. Uh, I know they were both very proud, both Cash and uh, Steven. Uh, they were working on some other stuff, too, that now, sadly, will never be finished. They had some other tunes, too. Uh, I just uh, just wanted to pay a little tribute. Uh, like I said before, I hope you guys don't mind. Anyway, we'll let's get back to what's going on out there. Uh, this week's Outrage of the week, plain and simple. Alton Nolan. Alton Nolan uh, says that uh, says no big deal. I can go around and behead people. Uh, That's part of what's allowed when you're part of a jihad. Now, ultimately, what we do know for sure in this story is the fact that he'd gotten fired from this… food company distribution plant, a lot of the details are still coming forth. People have guessed and assumed and made assertions that part of why he was fired is because he was trying to convert his co-workers. We do know for a fact he was indeed trying to convert his co-workers. We know this because – news organizations have begrudgingly let those details out, and unfortunately, the only reason they were willing to is because there were a lot of conservative website media outlets that were all over the story. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to take a peek at this situation, and when you see somebody beheading someone, it's not a huge leap to think uh, was this an act of jihad? Was this an act of terrorism? That's why our wonderful media took such great pains to try and assert, with each headline and almost every other sentence in every single paragraph, that there was no definite tie to a terrorist group. There's no links to a terrorist group. Now the FBI's looking into the possibility of a link to a terrorist group. The media over and over and over again, when it's come to the mainstream folks, whether it's been the AP, whether it's been Yahoo News, whether it's been our wonderful friends over at CNN… They're all about protecting Islam and trying to wash this as much as possible. If it hadn't been for the fact that this was such a horrific event and people let details out about this story ahead of time that he freaking beheaded somebody and was trying to stab somebody else at the time that fortunately somebody in the plant, as it turned out, one of the chief operating executives who happens to be a… Uh, A police officer, he's one of the reserve uh, sheriff deputies there, happened to have been armed, and he ended this act of terror. It doesn't matter if it's organized terrorism or not. This is still something that the mainstream media should be telling us, the American people. Because you can't protect somebody by covering stuff up. It has become part and parcel for our media…  … and the world of politics, particularly D.C., to just cover everything up until you just can't cover it up anymore. When in truth, the American people deserve to know the truth. We deserve to know what happened and why it happened. And if it turns out that this guy converted to Islam only because the idea of beheading people appealed to him, then sure… Tell us that the guy was a nutball before the conversion, and it just suits his purposes. That's fine, but the American people still should have the information so that they can then raise an eyebrow and say, why does that suit that particular purpose? Why does that fit into the worldview that this person who wanted to go around beheading people happened to need in order to validate himself in the effort? That's the terrible truth they don't want told. Now, I've gotten death threats before. It's been a while, been a while, nothing recent. So, either Muslims that had come across the show before have stopped listening or whatever. Because I do take the stance that it's not even a religion. I don't believe that it is. It, fits the definition of a cult, and it is unfortunately a death cult. The practices and premises where it is okay to be dishonest, where there is only one way to guarantee that you arrive in heaven, and that's to martyr yourself in the name of Islam, these are not teachings of a better way of living. And it still boggles my mind, left and right, that so many people on the left still look to protect Islam when they turn around and maybe even in the same argument will be talking about how bad conservatives are and how there's a war on women when, in fact, if you are a woman in a Sharia law-governed nation, you have zero rights… Just within the past two weeks, a young woman was stoned to death for the crime of moving her brother's car. What makes it even worse is she had been ordered to move the car by a policeman. She had been accompanied by her brother. Her brother went aside. The officer there didn't like the brother having left the car where it was demanded that the young woman move the car. And then as soon as she had finished following the direct orders of the police officer, he then arrested her and charged her with the crime of driving. This happened in Saudi Arabia. You know, the so-called moderate Muslims that are on our side. But that's not a war on women. No, no, only conservatives have a war on women – Never mind the fact that uh, the whole abortionist crowd it kills millions of women every year before they have a chance to become full-grown women. Well, that's not a war on women, is it? No, no. Only conservatives can have a war on women. The hypocrisy is ridiculous, but when it, as we've discussed before, when it doesn't fit the narrative, then it just doesn't exist. And if it doesn't exist, we can't report it. And Lady Michelle says that they're protecting Islam, or are they protecting Obama? Well, in a lot of ways, I know a lot of folks that would assert that uh, probably both. Lady Michelle also says Saudi Arabia, the country that arrests Christians for reading the Bible but demands Americans allow them to build their jihad operation centers, more commonly known as mosques. And she's absolutely right. Our friendship with these countries are based on the fact that we need oil. When we move to energy independence, that need goes away. But again, the outrage – as outrageous as it is that this happened in the United States, in Oklahoma, this young man critically injured a woman. She. she in stable condition now, but it could have been very bad, did in fact kill another woman and beheaded her. Mary says that we have oil, and you're absolutely right, Mary. We have a ton of it, and we have even more natural gas. Uh, Just a few quick strokes of that pen that Obama likes to brag about having uh, could change our oil needs drastically… And in the meanwhile, we look to convert to natural gas, and then we are the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. We should be energy independent without the need of green energies, although I'm not against green energies continuing to be developed. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a tree hugger, but I do like the idea of solar being used reasonably. I think there is a place for wind in certain areas, although most of these turbines actually tend to be harder on the environment.  … than any oil rig has ever been. Ultimately, though, the outrage here, though, is, again, the media's effort to whitewash the story as much as they possibly could. It's outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Now, there's only a few minutes left, and I definitely wanted to talk a little bit about Eric Holder's resignation. Uh, Not as much time to really get into it the way I would like to… But uh, here's, here's the long and short of it. The timing of the resignation is what has a lot of people scratching their heads. I've heard everything from uh, the fact that there is now a federal judge that has ordered that the Fast and Furious documents that have been protected largely with the help of Obama uh, since the investigation into Fast and Furious first began are finally going to have to come across. that he's looking to try to avoid some type of prosecution for what's going to be found in these documents. I've also heard that it has more to do with the fact that he's not going to be able to avoid all the negative things that are going to come out in these documents, and that they're looking to try and protect Democrats' chances of winning elections in the midterms. Uh, Thank you, too, Lady Michelle, uh, being thanked. The bottom line…  … is still this. Regardless of what the reason for the timing is, we still have to hold him accountable regardless of what happens, and we need to do the same with Barack Obama. We'll talk more about it next week, and in the meanwhile, I want to thank everybody who participated today. I want to thank uh, today's guest, John Dumais Jr., and I also want to uh, send special thanks to Mary and Lady Michelle. Uh, always a joy to have you guys in the chat room, active as always, and I just love having you guys uh, listening to the show, so thanks. God bless everybody, and remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Take a little time, do your own research, and be prepared to put in a little effort if you really want to tap into the truth. See you next week, everybody.
3: I'm ready.